with what the Lord has to say through Brother Cooper this morning. Brother Cooper, will you come? God bless you. Thank you for being with us here today. <laughs> you may be seated. Uh, that's the greeting the Brazilians give. They say the peace of the Lord. And so uh, I greet you in the name of the Lord. There's no other name like that name. Um, I want to start out showing you a little bit of what we do in, in Brazil. I, we can go ahead and play the video. So uh, we also have a Bible school there. I think that's that's it. 
Um, we have a Bible school there on the property where we have had um, more than 100 graduates. It's a two-year course. It's not just, you know, uh, one and done. No, it's a two-year course. And so we now have people that we have trained. Uh, we have aimers that come. We have a lot of aimers. Anybody interested in aiming in Brazil? If you are, please see your pastor. Um, I, I know you all enjoy the winters up here. But uh, we're in wintertime right now. And today it is uh, 25 degrees, and tonight it will be about 17. So uh, that's how our winter goes. And then our summers are about 30 during the day and about 20 during, during the night. So, you know, somebody's got to go suffer for the gospel's sake. It might, might as well be And so we have been truly blessed. We've been in Brazil eight years. No. 11 years, I'm sorry, I got the number eight on my head. Uh, 11 years. Uh, we've been ministering there since 2005. Um, we were brought there by probably the greatest missionary ever, Brother Benny DeMerchant. He was from Canada, he was from uh, Perth Andover. And uh, he was the one that introduced us to Brazil. My wife is Brazilian. Uh, which helps out a lot. We, I met her in Virginia, not in Brazil. <laughs> so, uh, culturally speaking, it helps uh, helps a lot because I'm a redneck from Indiana. Right. Okay. So my first language is not even English. It is redneck. So I, I, I learned English somewhere along the way. So my wife was able to help me adapt to the culture there, and the people are just beautiful. They're wonderful. They are hungry for the truth. Mm. Um, I'll tell you some more about some other things in a little bit, but I want to call up my little girl to testify. She normally sings, but her throat is bothering a little bit. We've been traveling around, and so uh, let me let her testify. Praise the Lord, Church! I'm very glad to be here today. I'm very honored, and um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about my experience in Brazil. So, as you all, I don't think all of you know, but um, I was born in Brazil. So when my parents got in Brazil, um, a few months later, they had me. And I'm very blessed to have the experience of Brazil because the people are so loving. Amen. They accept you for who you are. They don't care who you were, who you're going to be. If you're rich or poor, mm -hmm. they just accept you for who you are. And they will love you and they will support you so much. And I love how they worship. Yeah. They worship and they don't care who's around them. They just give their themselves Amen. Right? Amen. and I just love the nature the food is amazing if you go <laughs> down there um, we have some fruits and they're just so fresh yeah. and um, I just love Brazil and if you want to come you're gonna love it too I know I don't look that old, but uh, 
But just so you know, filet mignon down there is ten dollars a kilo. So that's not bad. Say that again. Filet mignon is ten dollars a kilo. Wow. And it's good and fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Let me call up my son. Just in case anybody wants to, you know, come on in and suffer for the gospel sake. <laughs> Praise the Lord, church. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. It's an honor to be here. Um, I will be talking about five things that I love and like about Brazil. Uh, the first thing that I love and like is the animals and the nature and trees. And we have a lot of kinds of animals. We used to have spiders about the size of your hand. We have snakes. We have lizards about this this big. Um, we have otters. I killed an otter. I had the shirt to prove it. Um, we have capybara. It's about the Lord's the Lord's. No, it's not the Lord's. I mean, it is. Um, we, the world's largest rat uh, is about medium dog size. It doesn't look like a rat. It looks like. Tastes like chicken. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. It looks like. Yeah. Probably a fat dog. <laughs> but I want to kill one of those to put it on my shirt too. Uh, you know, I have a collection. Shirts that say capybara, otter. Giant lizards, whatever. <laughs> but uh, third thing that I love is a fruit. Like my sister said, fruits, vegetables, food. It's amazing. My dad planted about 300 trees in our backyard. So you can just go down there and pick fruits that you don't even know existed. Uh, he has 10 different kinds of bananas, correct? Um, yeah. Then the fourth thing I love in life is the people. Like my sister said again, uh, they're amazing, loving, and touching people. If you go down there and meet them, you're probably going to leave part of your heart there because of them. Um, but yeah, I just love the people. Uh, and the fifth thing is that I get to be, a, I love and like that I get to be a part of my parents' work. Down there, I get to be a part of what they do down there. I get to be a part of helping people and bringing people to the Lord. Yes. So I, I am ardent. Be a part of that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, it, it is a pleasure to be with you, and uh, I'm going to preach to you a little bit. But as uh, King Henry VIII said to his second wife, I won't hold you long. If we can go to the Book of Matthew, chapter 26, 14, chapter. Uh, Chapter 14, verses 26 and 27. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they prayed out for fear. And straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. The help of the Lord, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about be not afraid. Pastor, could I ask you to give a blessing over this morning, Jesus? We thank you for your word today. We thank you for your, what you're going to do in our midst, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this message, and we pray, God, that you would speak to us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. We are living in very, very uncertain times. It's a time of political, economical, social, and even religious unrest. 
You don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. Uh, everybody has an agenda, and yes. you're getting pushed and pulled from all sides. Right. Uh, there, there seems to be, as we would say, no north. Right. And it's not just here in Canada, and it's not just in the United States. Right. It's everywhere in the world. Right. Many li people live in fear. They live in depression. Yes, sir. Yes. Right. And it, it's hard times. Right. But I have some good news for you. Mm -hmm. Jesus told us that all these things are going to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's right. And if you read Matthew 24, he said we can expect some times of trouble. We can expect some things to happen. That's right. And we're seeing it now. Right. In the portion of scripture we read uh, was about the disciples being caught in the storm on the Sea of Galilee. Now, have you all ever been on a boat before? Yes. Have you ever been in rough water? No. 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 Yeah, I've, I've been in waves this high. Okay, so. Um, but have you ever seen the captain and crew get scared? As long as the captain and crew are, are, aren't afraid, I'm okay. It's the same way in a plane. If you, if you hit some turbulence and, and the, the stewardesses are just fine, but the minute you see them buckle up, you better get ready for some. That's right. These guys were professional fishermen, and they're in the middle of a storm that has scared them. It's not the first storm they've seen, but now they're afraid in the middle of the storm. You see, this storm was different than others. And the worst part about it, if you do the math, they were right in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. They were about six kilometers out. Now, does anybody here ever have a license to dive? I do, believe it or not. I, I know that, you know, uh, my wife says I'm out of shape, and I say round is a shape. Yes, right. But it, it, it may not look like it, but I have a, a license in, uh, to be a diver. And so one of the, the prerequisites for you to do that is you have to be able to swim 400 yards. Wow. Has anybody ever tried to swim 400 yards? It's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. I was I was done, and especially in the ocean. I had I had full pack on, swim out 400 yards, and the guy I was with us said, "You go ahead, I'm just gonna float." <laughs> All right. So they they're out six kilometers. There's no hope in that. They're not going to swim six kilometers. They're going to be stuck in their storm because they are so far from any way of escape. Yes. But you see, Jesus showed up in the middle of the storm. Yeah. Now, how long would it take you guys to walk six kilometers? Two days. I'm with you. Two, three days, something like that. Thirty minutes, an hour for some people that walk a lot. That meant that Jesus started walking towards the disciples a long time before they were in desperation. Right. He began walking toward them because he knew the trouble that was coming. Just like we know that the trouble is here now, Jesus has been walking to us for a long time. This is not a surprise to him. It's not a surprise what is happening. And he is there and he is walking towards your situation. See, Jesus knows where we are today. Matthew uh, 14, 28 and 29. 
And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come to thee on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter was not uh, was come out of the ship, and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now Peter gets a lot of grief because he began to sink in the water. Right. But the truth is that there were 11 other men in that boat. Mm-hmm. And the storm was still raging. Right. They had the same opportunity to step out of the boat like Peter did, but they chose to sit in their own boat in fear. Mm. You see, even when Peter began to sink, Jesus held out his hand and pulled him up. Every time that you see in the Bible where Jesus grabs somebody by the hand or the arm, he's either curing them or raising them from the dead. That's right. You see, it's time for many of us to get out of the boat. You're no safer in a boat of fear than you are taking a step of faith out of the boat. You see, Jesus is always going to be there with an outstretched hand waiting to take your hand. Waiting to raise you from what seems like a death situation. But even when you step out in faith, he is there. But you're no safer in your zone of comfort. Right. Mm. You see, the storm is still raging, whether you're in your zone of comfort right. or you're stepping out in yeah. faith. Yeah. Amen. First John 4.18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love captives out fear. Because fear hath torment, he, ha- he that feareth is not made in perfect love. You see, the opposite of fear is not courage. The opposite of fear is love. You see, God loved you so much that he died for you. And he wants you to be with him. He wants you near him. He opened every door. He broke every barrier so that you would be able to walk and talk with him. But it's so much easier to walk and talk with him if you've got a hold of his hand walking out in faith than sitting in your boat in fear. Yes, sir. Amen. Jeremiah 31 and 3, the Lord hath appeared... Of old to me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. You see, it's not just any kind of love that Jesus loves you with, right. it's an everlasting love. That's right. yeah. Now, I love the story of the cross. The, the cross is the only reason we can sit here today Amen. and feel his presence. Amen. And what there were meant so many things that happened on the cross, but one of the things was that the veil. In the, uh, in the temple was ripped from top to bottom. Right. And I know Paul says it gave us access to the Holy of Holies. Right. And that is true. But there was one other thing that I think is so important that many people miss. What was in the, behind that veil? Mm. There was nothing. The Ark of the Covenant had been lost for over 500 years. Right. The Israelites were performing a ritual Day after day, year after year, with no power for them in that. Jesus was saying, let me show you where the power is. It's not in an empty room in a ritual. It's here on the cross. So he is desiring to walk and to talk with you just like he did with Adam in the garden. Let's look at the end of this story of them in the boat in the book of John. John 6, 21. Then they willingly received him into the ship, 
And immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. And you've got to willingly let Jesus into your boat. Yeah. You've got to let him into your storm. That's right. They've worked all night just to get to the middle. Right. Until this point, it seems like their destination was going to be impossible. Yes, sir. Right. And it seemed like their hope was dead. But when Jesus stepped in the boat, it not only calmed the storm, but they were at their destination. Right. Thank you, Jesus. Praise, Praise God. God. Praise the Lord. I was born and raised in Pentecost. My grandma was a Pentecostal minister. She got the Holy Ghost in 1922. Her mom got the Holy Ghost. So that makes my kids fifth generation and my grandkids sixth generation. But you know what? That doesn't mean anything. If you don't do this for yourself. You see, I was I didn't get the Holy Ghost until I was in my twenties. I did a lot of things that I'm not proud. I'm not proud of my past and I'm not even going to glorify it. Because there's no glory in my past. But you have to do this for yourself. Your mom and dad can't do it for you. Your kids can't do it for you. You have to be the one that faithfully steps out of the boat and says, Jesus, wherever you take me. And I will tell you, it's an awesome, awesome ride when you step out in faith. You see, I don't know what is happening in anyone's life, but I do know that Jesus has a plan. Each and every one here. Jeremiah 1 and 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. God knew who you were. He formed you for a purpose. He wrote a story for you. And his plan has always been to be a part of his kingdom. Now, there are some perils and there are some perks to stepping out of the boat. Has anybody here ever seen the dead race? No. See my kids with their hands up? Mm-hmm. Got a young boy, 15, he was in our church. And he had a, a heart condition nobody knew about. And he was running to school, he was late, and he dropped over dead. He was dead, not for one minute, not for 10, not for 50, he was dead for over 30 minutes. No breath, nothing, no life. His mom called us. She was destroyed and shattered and said, please pray. Wow. And we we got a hold of the church and the church began to pray. Yeah. Right. This young man is now playing and singing in a church in one of our churches in Brazil. When we were out in the jungle, we were, we were out in, there was a little blonde-eyed, blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl out there. And we were having a children's crusade. And all of a sudden, this little girl receives the Holy Ghost, and she begins to speak in English. Mm. You are my son. You are my boy. You are my everything. Hallelujah. Oh, so beautiful. Yes. <laughs> but you know why? I stepped out of the boat a long time ago. Yes. We were, we were in Manaus. Manaus is not hell, but it's the same zip code. Okay. <laughs> and there were 5,000 kids in the audience. It was 45 degrees with no breeze, and the humidity was about 1,010. And I get up, and I, I, I preach to the kids, and then I call my wife up. My wife has a gift of faith. 
She's getting ready to pray the prayer of faith. And as she's praying, there's a breeze, and it started on this side of the building. And we're, we're in a, just, we have a cover on top, and there's a, a bunch of seats. And the balloons start to move, and it started to move over here, and it, you could see it sweep across. And she said, receive you the Holy Ghost. And when that happened, we go down, and we, we always bring kids up that receive the Holy Ghost on, onto the platform. There's a lot of reasons for that, but... We brought 150 kids up that had received the Holy Ghost without anybody praying for them. Praise wow. God. By the time we were done, 383 kids had received the Holy Ghost. There are some really good perks about stepping out of the boat, stepping out in faith. Yes. I would have never gotten to see that. I was, I was a systems analyst for the, the U.S. government mm. for 23 and a half years. I never, I never saw the dead raised to work. No, well, maybe coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw miracles at work. Right. I see a lot of miracles now. Amen. Amen. When we got there, does anybody here know what Bakumba is? About voodoo? Yes. About witchcraft? Yes. All the same. These, the people in Makumba, they like to get on a crossroads. They say that's a portal. I don't know that I agree with it, but it doesn't matter. And on the corners of that crossroads, they will make a little sacrifice there. They'll put some alcohol. They'll put a bowl full of meal. They'll put candles. Once in a while, it's a live chicken. Uh, once in a while, it's a pig's head. And I, I, I told you, I'm from the farm, southern Indiana, redneck. I've never seen that before. I said, "Maybe what is that? Oh, that's that's a, uh, uh, they call it a dispatch. I said, not here. Not on my watch. Not in my place. Mm. Not near my house. Right. Yeah. I went home. I got my sledgehammer. And I got the anointing boy. They're both Hallelujah. The same thing. Hallelujah. Glory. They're both the same Hallelujah. thing. I hope you know. The sledgehammer, I bust up a whole lot of things in the, in the physical, but... Man in the spiritual that uh, anointing oil is the biggest sledgehammer you ever want to see. Amen. Amen. And so I anointed where that was. I broke it up, broke it up into pieces, anointed that, and I said, Lord, if there's ever anyone that puts another sacrifice here, you're going to put a disease on them the only you can heal. Mm-hmm. You see, I know what I'm saying. Right. This is about souls. It's not about killing people. No, I, I, I want souls saved. Amen. Right. So, so they moved it to another corner, and we, we finally uh, anointed the whole area. And so they have what are called paisantos, and these are like the upper people that receive money from this. He had to move. He wasn't making money anymore. So out of that, about a year after we had been in Brazil, we had a home invasion. We had four guys with guns come in our house. Guns are illegal in Brazil. Imagine criminals have them. <laughs> <laughs> my little girl was not there. My wife had left the day before to go see her mom. And now I have a man that has a gun at my second daughter. She was 13 at the time. Got a gun at her head and said, if you don't tell us where the safe is, I want to kill her. I don't have a say. Mm. And I'm tied up and I can't do anything. Mm. I would have stood in the way. 
If there was going to be anybody shot, you shoot me. You know, shoot me. But I'm tied up. And my little girl starts repenting. And I'm listening to my little girl repent of everything she's ever done. And I'm dying over there. I'm more angry than anything. It's like, God, if you're not going to kill him, give me a gun and I'll do it. Right, right. But she's praying and, and repenting. And then all of a sudden she says, Lord, I feel your presence here. Lord, I know you're here. Lord, you're not going to let these men do one thing to us. Right. Now, they took some things, but it was just stuff. And as they were tying me up in another room, the man said, we normally come into a place and we break it up and we beat everybody up. But we haven't done that here. We haven't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. Now, he thought he was doing us a favor. He didn't know that he, there was a prayer in a little girl. He didn't know that there were there some prayers going out for some missionaries. Sometimes it's scary when you step out of a boat. Yes, sir. But it's totally worth it. Amen. I want to tell you one more story. I want to tell you how powerful the name of Jesus is. Yes. We have the lady that, that used to clean the altar of that Lakumba Center. She came one day with her little girl, and uh, her little girl goes to the front, and she receives the Holy Ghost. Well, the mother is sitting there, and the spirits are talking to this woman. You can go to any other church in the city, but you can't go to this one, because they're going to kill us here. Mm. So you need to get up and leave now. Mm. But she couldn't, because her daughter was at the altar. Right. Come on now. My wife goes back and starts talking to her, and the woman has had a migraine headache for three weeks. My wife said, if you will get baptized in the name of Jesus, that headache will go. She said, well, I've been baptized. He said, it, what was in the name of Jesus? Said, no, the name of Jesus. Right, yes. right, right. You baptized there. Right, right, right. She gets in the water, baptized, comes up, the headache is gone. Right. Hallelujah. Now, her husband is still into that. So they drugged her one night. They were trying to force a demon to come into her. And she escapes and begins running. And she noticed nobody's following her. Everybody stopped. The next day she asked her husband, why didn't you come after us? He said, I couldn't. There was a wall of fire between you and us. You see, that is the name of Jesus. That's what you get when you step out of a boat. That's what you have inside of you when you receive the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 You see, God calmed my every fear because I was able to step out in faith of my boat. I'm asking what's God calling you to do today? What's God been put on your heart to do? What's he asking you to step out in faith and do? You see, your calling is different than mine. Yes, it is. You're not going to do the same things I've done. But you know what? You can do more. You can do better. Let's stand today. I stand on the shoulders of giants. And I've been allowed to see further than they can see. My grandma others. I'm here right now. 
I want my son, my daughters, to be able to stand on my shoulders to right. see further than I can see. Yes. I want them to be able to go further and do much more than I've ever done. I want to see them see more than six, seven thousand receive the Holy Ghost. We live an hour and a half from a city that with the surrounding areas has over 30 million people. The entire state, we have more people in that state than all of Canada. And on a good Sunday, in all of our churches in that state, maybe, maybe 700 people. I don't want to see them lost. I don't want to see anybody lost. I want to go back and I want to do everything I can to see the lost saved in my cities. You see, when I got to where it was at, there was no church. Now I have a church. We have two daughter works. We have two preaching points. We have two more uh, churches that are opening up in our area. Praise God. I want to do whatever I can to make sure somebody hears the gospel. Somebody hears the good news. Somebody will step out of the boat and go further. Yes, thank you, Jesus. What are you doing? What are you going to do? You have thousands of people in this area that need to hear the truth. They need to hear that Jesus loves them. That Jesus died for them. And Jesus is the only way. Yes, yes. Today I'd like to open up this altar. If there's anybody that would like to step out of the boat, maybe that hasn't received the Holy Ghost, or maybe that hasn't been baptized in Jesus' name, or even known how great it is to repent. You see, when you when you repent, the angels have a party. Amen. Amen. They have a party in heaven. One repentant. Yes. You can be the cause of a party in heaven. I'll sing one verse in English and one in uh, Portuguese. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee.
been so good to me in my life. He's given me grace and he's given me mercy. I should be dead to But God is merciful. Jesus, thank you. Amen. See, if we walked out of here today, after a great service, after you feel God's presence so much, the enemy would take you back. He would take you back, the enemy would. It doesn't matter if you, what you've done here. He'll take, take you back. Yes. What makes you think that God, who died for you on the cross, won't take you back no matter what situation? Amen. Jesus loves you more than the enemy hates you. And he's just asking for you to step out. Thank you. 